You're listening to the CPR of Life podcast, a show about creating community through connection, awakening potential, and uncovering the resilience of the human spirit through an understanding of state of mind. It's about living a life well-lived and uncovering what often gets in the way. Hello, and welcome to the show. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Leonie Morris, a psychologist, a coach focusing on the limiting beliefs around age, and an all-around amazing human being. Leonie and I met at coach training, and I can tell you chatting with Leonie is like taking an elixir. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome. Today, my guest is Dr. Leonie Morris. She's a psychologist, coach, and age, age coach. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Welcome, Leonie. So many words. So good to be here, Jesse Lynn. I'm super pleased that you asked me to join you today. I'm very excited to have a conversation with you. Well, we get to have so many good conversations and laughs as we were just before I pressed record. Um, <laughs> that it's kind of something that's nice for for us to continue. And I think a lot of the conversations that we have are worth other people hearing as well. So, Leonie, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that question. <laughs> this is where you may need to put in a few stops to get me to shut up. But <laughs> the way I, I see myself, and you know, other people might tell you a very different story. So, as a kid, I was incredibly precocious. Um, I grew up as a, a real science nerd. Um, in the UK, we even had this kind of a special schooling system where at the age of 12, um, a science test was administered to all 12-year-olds in the country. And only eight people nationally were selected to then go to a special university thing at the age of 12. Uh, myself and my twin were two of those eight people. So I, I, I grew up as a science nerd. I was the annoying kid who asked why, 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 until people had died and come to think so fed up with me asking questions. But I was a science nerd, um, and that stayed with me. I love to learn. I love to experiment. I love trying new things. And I'm, I'm always incorporating what I learn into you know the coaching that I do and sharing that with other people because it, it's all about applying what you learn to help others. And I think that's the other one of the defining things about me is I love to learn. But at the seat of that is a huge desire, a vocation that I've had since I was little to help people. I was always the little girl in the playground who was as soon as someone fell over, I'd be there with my mini first aid kit, trotting <laughs> along to put the plaster on. So I love to help and I love to fix, you know, fixing uh, what that means has changed as I've got older, but I've always wanted to help people see how amazing life is, to, you know, to wake people up to how awesome they are and what a gift life can be if they just see things in a, perhaps from a different perspective. Um, and then the third thing, <laughs> see, I told you I can go on. <laughs> as a kid, I always loved pretty things as well. So I was a science nerd, a helper, and a lover of all things pretty. My favorite Christmas present was from my mum's mum, my nana. And she used to give me the same thing for Christmas every year. And it was, this is, this dates me 
me a bit. So we're going back to the time when things like bubble bath were an extreme luxury. So every year I had one bottle of peach bubble bath and it had like a little peach as the knob of, you know, to unwind at the top to let your peach bubble bath come out. And that was my absolute favorite gift. And I kept all those little peach bottles from my childhood. So, you know, that's who I am, a science nerd who loves to explore, a helper, a guide, and a lover of pretty things. That sums it up nicely. Um, <laughs> you said that when you're, how, like, you were thinking about fi- like helping people and fixing people, and that's changed over time. What's changed? It's a really good question. Um, I started off as a kid with a desire to play the nurse and to actually make things better. So it didn't matter if someone wanted help or if they were asking for help. I would I would literally be steamrolling my way in there. But now, um, you know, through maybe less of what I've learned with psychology, but more of, uh, of what I've learned through my spiritual growth, my own spiritual journey, it's become very, very clear to me that people are born with innate well-being. We're born into peace and health and happiness. And it is our, in our natural state. And it, it's become even more clear that the only thing that ever gets in the way of that is our own very innocent misunderstanding. And every client I've, you know, I've ever had over the years um, has assumed they need to be fixed. They, they thought they, they were a problem. They were ill. They were diseased. They needed therapy. They needed years, um, decades even, of coaching to get better. And I've learned that's completely not true, and that's been part of my spiritual path. Um, you know, it was a, a huge pivotal point in my life when you finally see that we're all, you know, all humans are connected and that happiness is, is an inside job. It's something that's always there within us. And the only thing that's had it, you know, had the blinkers on, had the blindfold on is our own crappy personal thinking. Um, you know, that, that was a life changer for me. And how wonderful to be sharing that knowledge and that understanding and pointing people to their own source of, you know, innate wellness and wisdom. It's a beautiful thing. It was such a game changer for me as well. Because I used to look at people the same, whereas I used to think I was helping them by, you know, my advice and this, even if they wanted it or not. And now, again, it was that's looking almost from a view of, but there's something wrong with them. And I think since we've come across this understanding, both um, for the listeners, Leonie and I are both trained in uh, the three principles understanding, which is linking your, your feelings with your thoughts. And, and for me, knowing now when I look at people, I don't look at them from that lens anymore. It's, it's one of these things where I was thinking about it this morning and it's like, if you have a starting line and you have a fork in the road and one is for broken people and one is for people that are not broken, they just, they, they just don't have clarity in that moment. The direction of that path is so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how you've described that because, 
you know, up until you know my understanding of the three principles, I did have you know a categorization in my own head of this person is healthy and well, needs no help. This person is you know needs psychological help. They are disturbed. They're you know troubled. They're suffering. I need to fix them. And out would come the toolkit of different you know cognitive approaches to get people to. Know, reframe or to see the world differently, which was it works sometimes. But I love one of the analogies that um, Jamie Smart, the person who um, has guided us both on our journey, where he talks about when you, um, uh, when as a coach, if you start to share your own advice, it's a bit like you know, if, if you talk about sharing the fruit from your tree. So if I, if I've you know grown up. And I've become the tree that is my authentic self, and I've blossomed and I am bearing fruit. That fruit is as a result of the life that I've led, the experiences that I've had, and what I've learned. Um, so if I want to pass on in some kind of how-to technique or methodology, and I share the fruit of my how-to um, and, and pass that on as wisdom which is universal, well, it just doesn't work. You know, I, I can't give my apples to someone who might be a plum tree. Yeah. Or, you know, I think it's maybe an easier way of describing it is I might have a beautiful pair of size five shoes and you might also be a size five. But for whatever reason, they've, been, they've shaped my feet as I've worn them. So even if we're the exact same size and you love the design, my shoes won't necessarily fit for you. They won't make sense in your world, in your life. Uh, and that you know, and that's kind of for me a huge difference. So there's no telling anymore. There's no taking responsibility. It's pointing people to their own amazing um, health and wisdom. I love that. It's a challenge sometimes. I find when I'm speaking to people, not uh, with a coaching hat on, not to my clients, but to people. And when they're talking about themselves or their circumstance or others, and they're <laughs> They're talking from a place where they really have judgmental goggles or broken goggles, like the lenses are cracked. Um, and I so want to say to them, like, you you know, like, there's another way to look at this. And do you find that a tempting thing when you're having conversations with people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More than tempting sometimes. Um, I, th I think I'd like to point out very humbly at this point that I am by no means perfect, and it's so, so easy to fall back into the extreme desire to help someone by sharing your own advice yeah. and, and you know, using your own point of view and voicing that over and assuming that that will make sense for them. Because, you know, I, I've been that type of coach for lots of years, so having done that once, even though I can see the extremely... Um, you know, the monumental difference between the two approaches and how much more sustainable impact uh, working with the principles has with people. Sometimes you can't help yourself. finger. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the listener, she's now biting her finger. <laughs> it's true, actually. You just touched on a point there when you said it's often, and I was having a conversation with someone the other day where we look through the lens and think that maybe we know better, you know, 
our lens might be a little clearer than theirs. So then, you know, therefore, but I think it's, it's important. And I, I think that's something that when I first came across this and I saw the potential and now that I see the potential that our colleagues are, you know, all over the world that are doing with this understanding that you do want to shout it from the rooftops. You want to say to people like, I have the perfect solution here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing. So it's, it's, it's focusing. I think that we realize like I, I, again, coming back to the embracing who you are and starting from a point of not needing fixing or not being broken. And that doesn't mean that the circumstances in your life are perfect. It just means the starting line and the path you you choose to go on from that. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's sometimes, um, you know, tricky from a client's perspective because I think that, you know, society and the way traditional coaches work and, and still work, and some of them are successful. Um, that understanding of a coach being, you know, a kind of senior almost to their client and an advisor and being able to you know, listen to, to what's going on and actually provide here is the fix, here is the how-to, that's almost what clients expect. So when you share that, you know, if you say to someone who, it's broken down and crying and really struggling with something in their life. You say, I, you know, I hear you. I get, I get what you're saying. But you know what? Underneath all of that, you're completely fine. You already have everything that you need. You know, your wisdom is inside of you. Your safety and your happiness is always there. And it, the only thing that's troubling you right now is you've just got a lot of thinking about the situation, about the challenge. And that's blurring things for you. You know, you, as you say, you're looking through a cracked lens. You're looking through depression goggles or angry goggles. And sometimes that's quite difficult to share in words. Yeah. That's when I, I, I don't know whether you have this, Jessie Lynn, but words sometimes feel very inadequate mm. when you're trying to share um share you know a true and compelling understanding of how our experience of life really works yeah I don't know yes, have you I found know. things that work well for you well I do a lot of work with kids and um what I find I I'm pointing to a lot is the feeling what feels right because you know that kind of you have more clarity like when when and you're more kind of in tune with your own wisdom that's when you, you know, you, the inner GPS, the, you know, when, when we're kind of able to listen to that. Um, and it's even when you were speaking there that you say that it goes beyond the words and that when you were saying it feels so nice and it's like, yep, it, it goes so much beyond the words. Um, yeah. so for me, it's, it's often kind of pointing to the feeling because I think we know innately when something doesn't feel right and it's like you know like when you're angry you're caught up in that and there's a thought storm in your head and you've got so much going on you don't have the clarity to feel anything maybe then your heart racing and you know like and that's the thing is it is it something that feels good in your body or is it something that doesn't feel good in your body yeah 
And I, I think that's you know, what you're describing is actually, you know, I, I would see that as quite a high level of spiritual mastery because it's 95%, I think that's the percentage of our behaviors and our activity every day is unconscious. In other words, we're not you know, consciously thinking through what we're doing. We're not aware of our thoughts and the emotions that the thoughts kind of um, start to um, bring inside of us. And then we, you know, we're equally not conscious of, of that train of you know, thinking to emotion to actual behavior. So, you know, given that most of our lives are, are run on autopilot, even being aware, right now I am feeling angry, that is, that's a huge step forward for me with some of my clients, is actually getting them to recognize when they're in different emotional states. I think because that's... that starting... Sorry, carry on, Jessalyn. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, I think that's what slowing down does. Yeah. Yeah. Hugely beneficial. And I often, I don't know whether you've worked with this, so I'm quite anti-techniques, but there's a lovely acronym, um, SOUL, S-O-U-L-E, where I encourage people just to become more aware of their emotions and the thinking that's going on and actually um, pause and, and, you know, take a breath and start to understand. So S stands for literally just to stop so when you're starting to feel emotional you know a, a negative emotion normally but equally it's with positive yeah. emotions any emotion given they're all neutral and it's us as humans who <laughs> signify whether they're positive or negative but when people start to feel an emotion it's literally to stop uh, and then observe so so observe just what's going on what am i thinking or mm. exactly am i feeling and U stands for understand. So it's understanding whether something that's going on in the here and now has really triggered those thoughts and feelings. Or is it stemming back to something else? You know, are you having a, um, an emotional response that's way out of whack mm. with what's really happening? Or is it really telling you something? Is there something meaningful in the emotion? And then um, the L part stands for love. So stop observe, understand, and love. And it, it talks about um, just being more loving of yourself and from that more loving place, um, understanding whether the behavior that then follows on from your thoughts and your thinking is the behavior that's loving to you or to the other people, person that you're mm. with. So if I'm coming from a place of love, what would I actually do? Would I continue acting out with my anger or would... Or actually, is there no need for it at all? You know, is there a point where there's, there's a win-win yeah. where both parties can actually get something out of it? And, you know, I say, even though I'm quite anti-techniques, it's quite useful as a way to just remind people sometimes when they feel out of control with their emotion. I've had lots of success using that. I love that. Did you say it was S-O-U-L-E or just S-O-U-L? Just S-O-U-L. Okay. Stop, observe, understand, and love. I love that. That's fabulous. You know, it's one of these things where often, you know, like as parents, we give kids time out. When I, as a parent, give myself time out, because <laughs> there are some moments when I can witness myself in the middle of a parent temper tantrum. And just as we say to kids, 
you know, just take, you know, take a deep breath and, and, and sit for a moment. It's the same thing for us. And honestly, I do think that I use an egg timer often. I, I will tell my clients or, um, for brushing your teeth, they get the, my, the dentist gave Finley, it's, it's the same thing, an egg timer, just kind of one of those hourglass sand things. But even flip that and see if your reaction before the sand goes down and after, would, it would be the same. And I yeah. can guarantee yeah. it wouldn't be. Huh, I love that. I'm going to borrow that acronym from you. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> um. And I'll borrow your egg timer. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I like that. I like that. I don't think that people give themselves enough time to breathe in the moment, you know, like, and it's one of these things where we can be so harsh and we can just, you know, and critical and, and critical of others, but also critical of ourselves. And, you know, sometimes just taking a step back and being like, you know what, in this moment is the whole what I say to Finley often is you have a thought and it's like a snowflake and then you think about it a little bit and it turns into a snowball and then you're ruminating it for a long time and it kind of turns into a snowman, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it's still made from that, you know, snowflake. That's where it started. Yeah. So absolutely. I I think kind to yourself is, is one of the things I love, I've noticed you have a Facebook group and you have a program coming up um, that I want to talk about, but I love a lot of what you post is, is pictures of nature and pictures of you really kind of taking time out and enjoying moments. Um, yeah. So can we talk about that a bit? Yeah, because for me, that there, you know, we're all unique and we all have our own ways of, of you know, finding our peaceful space. So. Uh, you know, call it clarity, inflow, um, home, in the zone. But we, we all have um, things which kind of not trigger that, but just encourage that that space for you to feel peaceful and uh, peaceful, but in a creative and, you know, stimulated and focused way. And for me, um, I love my walks in nature. So I have two lovely dogs. Um, they may well join us on today's session. Charlie and Maddie, who I, I spend probably three hours every day. I live in a beautiful part of the world. I, I'm close to sea and to lakes and to mountains. And my days are spent walking the dogs, thinking, reflecting, just at peace in, in my own you know, personal private space as I'm walking along. And for me, that's, that's my kind of um, rejuvenation. And I think it's, you know, for me, it's, that's, it, it speaks to me. It's a very obvious place where I feel it's at tune with myself, totally connected to who I really am, not the, not the meat suit that carries me around, but to my, the essence, the very core of Leonie Morris. That's when I feel totally connected to myself and to the universe. That's when I feel, you know, the vital, powerful life force that, the intelligent force behind all living things. I feel that very tangibly when I'm out there, you know, enjoying those wonderful spaces. So for me, sharing those is like me sharing my own personal peace, my space, mm. 
and hoping that other people feel rejuvenated by it. But, you know, we're all unique. So for me, nature is the thing which totally does it for me. I have in, in my daily ritual, I must have time in open spaces. And I was, um, I think it's, it's not completely universal, but I think lots of human beings love open spaces. And I've been doing a lot of work with evolutionary biology. And I was fascinated to see that people love open spaces, you know, being able to see the full 360 degree panorama. Because, you know, if we go back to kind of when we were cavemen, hunter gatherers, it was important for us to be able to see a long way away, yeah. to see if predators were coming. So, to, you know, to know that your camp was safe, to know that there was no immediate threat, that's when, you, you know, your vigilance could calm down. You no longer had to, you know, spring into a flight, fright or freeze mode. You could actually let that go, knowing that you were safe because you could see far enough away. So there is almost a, an innate instinct in humans, in our species, to feel peace, to feel at home when they are, you know, looking at beautiful views. So if you've ever, you know, stopped in your car just to take in some beautiful scenery, there's a very real biological need almost inside of us, an instinct which says you're safe now. This is a great place to stop and to yeah. rest and to take it in. So mm -hmm. I, I feel that very strongly. <laughs> and I like it because I think that we see the world through your lens when you post these pictures. Um, but I agree. It's one of these things that I think that being in nature and getting touch with nature um, has a physiological response on your body, which I think yeah. is really important. Um, and what you say about open space, it just kind of triggered for me. Um, I'm in one of the chapters in my book that I'm writing is about even when you're living in clutter. You know, like when you have all this stuff around, like it's, it's, it, it's, 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 it's claustrophobic. And when you do, yeah. when you're in more, even you have more space around you, the energy or just life, something flows better. I don't know what it is. Yeah, totally agree. I've always felt that physical clutter was akin to spiritual clutter. That's what so you say. You know, I, I, I love to have space around me and I am not a messy desk person at all, you know, and I know each, we're all different. So that I, there is no judgment at all when I say this, but when I see a, a desk, which is piled up with paper um, and there are books all over the place, it, it literally sends my mind in a spin. I'm so <laughs> glad you can't see the rest of my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Yours looks pretty clear there. Yours is looking good. <laughs> But yeah, we we need space. I think it's a human desire to, you know, to have to have space to think and to reflect. Yeah, how you know how our brain is attuned to working. Um, so I want to talk a bit about your program, but it's it's about forever young. So let's talk about that, and then I have a couple of questions just about kind of around the forever young and what we were, we touched on just before we, I hit record on the. On, on the podcast sure sure so it's exciting it's exciting to be able to share this because it is a new program so the world has not yet seen forever young but in a nutshell it's 
looking at your mind, body, and soul. And effectively, I'm saying that the world has been searching for a mythical fountain of youth, something that's outside of us somewhere. You know, you have to go off and do some amazing exploratory trip to you know, Africa or down the Amazon, and you'll find this mythical fountain of youth. So my, the whole ethos behind the program is the fountain of youth is something that's bubbling inside all of us. It's already there. Uh, the only problem is we have, uh, I can call them roadblocks, there might be a better analogy, but physically we have blocks that get in the way of us achieving our kind of you know, physical well-being. Um, in terms of our you know, mental well-being, we can equally have blocks that prevent us from clear thinking, from our wisdom, from focus, um, from you know, going with our flow and getting into our creative vibe. And spiritually, many of us have enormous blocks to seeing ourselves as a spiritual being. Some people, it's a bit hippie, a bit woo-woo. They're not sure they believe in something they can't see. Um, but combining um, the way, the, the, an understanding of how our mind, body, and spirit works, getting those three aligned, removing the blocks, can create an enormous amount of um, energy that is there for us to draw on. And it's about recreating um, some of the feelings that we associate with youth. So I've asked a lot of people in my research recently, what does, what does youth mean to you? And, and really what, you know, the kind of the commonality in the messages, the answers that I've got back is that youth is about just going with the flow, trusting that you're passionate enough about what you're doing that you will just carry it through. You've got no fears, you're happy to experiment, and life is a wonderful gift for living. There is nothing in your way. You're happily, happily taking action and moving forward. So youth was more described as an attitude than it was about anything to do with our physicality. Some people mm. focused on, I want to feel strong, powerful, I want to have fresh skin again, but mostly it was about an attitude. So the program that I'm taking people through is actually about working on mind, body, and soul. That's 101 days to recapture our youthful vitality. And I do look at evolutionary biology and, you know, and cutting edge understanding of how our human ecosystem actually works to rebalance some of the physical aspects. So I work with the body, I work with um, our minds to make sure people are absolutely clear what it is that they'd like to achieve and what, you know, in their journey towards useful vitality, what is it that they feel they're missing out on now? So it's, it's to give people a compelling why to really understand what it is they want to get out of their journey, but also to give them the, you know, the driving force, because I'm sure you've seen this. Whenever you make change, it can be quite hard. You know, it can be a lonely path. People struggle. People get really excited at the beginning and then, you know, lose focus and, you know, they fall by the wayside. And whilst my program is not about, it's not specifically about giving up bad habits, um, it is going to incorporate a new way of um, living their lives. It's a whole new perspective. And, I would call it raising people's level of consciousness to see 
how life really works, to understand where their own vitality has always been and how to tap into it. So it's about letting go and unlearning some of our, I think, really poor thinking about what age is, letting some of those um, social uh, mores of, of what old looks like, letting all of that go and starting again. So it's kind of a rebirth, a mm -hmm. physical, emotional and spiritual rebirth. And I'm taking people on yeah, 101 days, which is nearly 16 week journey of um, thinking about um, the life, the life they lead and the way they live it. And I think the the big difference is, is about being more conscious of everything that they do so that they're really bringing the, you know, the good juice out of life, getting the most out of it every second. It's all precious. I love that. And honestly, if, if, if the listeners could take a look at you, then they, they would know that you're embracing the whole aspect of life and, and, and youth and vitality. We were just talking about that before I hit record. Um, often people, but is your program focused on women or people? It's men and women. So mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't want to specialize in yeah. just women. I, I think more women will probably come on the program, but it's, um, it's open to both. both it's for both. Well, we were talking about how there's a mindset almost that when you reach a specific like age in life, like say 50 or 60, that <laughs> for often some people think that's like life is coming to, you, you've gone over the peak and now you're on your way down. Um, whereas we kind of have a different outlook on it. And I like that you were talking about, was it an article or something where you were talking about what they said? Yeah, about a, yeah an article that I'd read um, where um, a recent study had been done on the parts of the world where people had the most longevity. And they're, they're now calling these areas blue zones. And, that, you know, Japan is one, Sardinia, you know, the island off Italy and a few other very obscure places that I will struggle to remember off the top of my head. But the, the big thing that they've found between these societies where people um, often lived to 100 plus and lived a healthy, active lifestyle was the complete lack of any markation or milestone as you age. So I was describing how in the Western world we have a retirement age, which might be 65, 70, depending on what country you're in. But that almost is a, it's a huge marker of the, all the time before that I was either, you know, a child being dependent on society, then I had a moment of being productive and contributing. And now I, I'm, I'm going back to being dependent on society. There's a little bit of, well, it's my time to, to do my own thing, to rest and do nothing. But a lot of, you know, a lot of countries have quite a stigma that says you are now no longer working. Yeah. You are a drain on society, which is, you know, it's horrible. That's the word that came to mind too. <laughs> yeah. So these blue zones um, have no such demarcation. And in fact, they quite often have um, households with multiple generations where everyone is still contributing. And quite often, you know, the, the older generation are really venerated. You know, their wisdom is sought out and they are there to, I love I loved the way this was described. They talked about how the older people provided um, resilience 
because they've been there mm. before they've yeah. seen it they've done it but they know they're going to be okay yeah so if, if you know you're going to be okay think how much wisdom you can pass on to your you know sons daughters grandkids whatever it might be mm. to say look I know you're feeling shitty right now sorry about that word um <laughs> but it is going to be okay you know yeah. this happened to me and I thought my world was over but you know what I was a better person because of it and it was that it's that amazing you know cross um fertilization across the the um uh the the different um I'm trying to think of the word now different age groups in society and it's beautiful to see the natural uh, the natural conversations and connections and the wisdom being shared shared humbly mm. uh, and I, I find that quite beautiful and something sadly lacking in you know in the western world in general really it's funny i was just listening to a podcast this morning and it was a bbc reporter who interviewed a lady from the Holocaust and she is 80 something years old and she's written a couple of books and she's going out and she's talking to younger people. So I looked up her book and then I looked up the comments and it was really nice to see some of the younger people kind of, she's saying this is kind of an experience of life. And I love the BBC reporter said, Oh, this is such a sad story. I feel really sad for you. And she said, don't feel sad. This is a story about hope. This is a story about what can happen if you, you, you maintain that hope, you know, <clears throat> which I thought was brilliant. But also that her story was affecting young people and that they were saying, oh my goodness, like, it's one thing to hear about this in a history class, but to sit with a person that's been through it and hear their wisdom and hear that is completely different. Sure. I mean, I think that's a beautiful story and it's a perfect example um, of, of something that is there, a gift for all of us to benefit from. Mm. Yet the way that we, I'm not talking about you here in particular, but mm. Western, um, you know, developed civilization seems to kind of cut our older people off and, and almost say you are worthless yeah. and go, you know, we truck them off to, to their old people's homes and they have no no you know community where they're sharing and being part of you know a vibrant living space you know with a mixture of different age groups I mean that kind of naturally is is how we evolved it seems bonkers that we're eschewing that and moving in a completely different direction and it's clearly not good for us it doesn't help us at all it's not I think they've they've done it here where they've had <clears throat> they've they've um combined like childcare centers in retirement homes or, or, you know, and it's kind of, it's, it's cool because you see the interaction with the old and the young and how it's beneficial for both, you know? Yeah. And that's lovely. Yeah. But it's sad that it's not I, done. Well. I've, I've never, I've never heard of that. So I, I actually don't think that I'm going to check now, but I'm pretty sure I've never seen that happening in the UK. It's, that would be a great thing to bring over here. Yeah. And there's also where I saw this, I don't know if it was, it was online where they had university people staying with older people and it was mutually beneficial because the older person needed help and the younger person needed, you know, financial kind of, this was, this yeah. was a good option for them. But again, the benefits that can come from that, that we don't realize. 
Um, yeah. 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 I can't even remember how we got on to this part of the conversation, but. <laughs> um, it was a natural progression. It was. But going back to your program, I love the fact that you're doing this. Um, and I, like, I think it's so important when people kind of, it's almost like a reset. They're pushing the reset button and saying, there's so much potential in life. And life, again, it's how we look at it, like through what lens we look at it. But if you look at it like, oh, um, I was at a 50th birthday party not long ago and the people were like, I'm 50, oh my God, you know. And it, it depends if you look at that through the lens of, oh my God, like my life is like, look at this. Or, oh my God, I'm 50, that's amazing. And, you know, it's it's completely based on that lens. So I think in your the course of the program that you're doing is going to give people that opportunity yeah. or maybe a challenge to look at things just a little bit differently. And the benefits from that are incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping the benefits are way more than, you know, people, you know, well, it's a big benefit anyway for people to feel, uh, feel younger, feel their energy, feel their passion to love life and to actually look better. So I, I am promising that people will look better and feel better. It's about recapturing youthful vitality from the inside out. So I think the the implications of what we're sharing will, you know, will filter out into all parts of their life. So we're looking at relationships. We're looking about resilience, about managing stress. And, you know, I said I wasn't focusing on habits, but I am talking about some psycho spiritual understanding of of habits so what is a habit and how do you develop it and actually uh, it's um a way of understanding that allows you to see that habits are literally habitual thinking and in the same way that our thinking comes and goes and fades of its own accord well you know guess what your habit as a thought is as ephemeral and fleeting as any thought that you have and so you might feel like you've got urges that are impossible to let go of, you know, urges that say, give me sugar or I'm going to die or give me that glass of wine, whatever yeah. your urge might be. But, um, yeah, by, by looking at it as in a spiritual sense and understanding what, you know, what your habit really is, it makes it so much easier for people to suddenly see that their habit is, has no hold in them whatsoever. Yeah. So that's quite exciting. So, you know, we 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 are doing something totally life changing. People can mm. lose bad habits that they've had for a lifetime. They can reconnect with um people they thought they'd fallen out of love with. Um they you know, they get renewed passion and energy to effectively go for things that they've always thought they were never good enough to do. Mm. So I think it's really exciting. I'm very excited. When does it start? November the 1st. So a month. <laughs> Not long to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'm starting to take people on now who are signing up as, you know, pioneers is what I'm calling them. So even though I've coached different elements of this program, I've never put it together as a whole program. And it's pretty unique out there. So, yes, I was, I'm, I'm looking for intelligent um, pioneers who know that life can be better. So if there's any willing listeners who sound excited, then 
I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> now, but you also just want intelligent um, pioneers. You want people who kind of maybe they feel that or they want that, but they feel like it's out of their grasp as well. Because this program will take them through and, and, and kind of that's where they'll get the clarity of this and they, you know, kind of look at things through a different lens. That's right. So, so the people, you know, at this stage, it's, I, I'm intrigued to know who it will really appeal to. So, mm. you know, I, there are so many people out there, you know, and I know because I've felt this way. Um, you know, when I was 40, I actually felt a lot older than I do now. And I think I looked older than I do now. So I've learned a lot in the last um, 12 years. But, um, I, you know, lots of people wake up in the morning. Um, they know they're alive because they feel their aches and pains. And the last thing they want to do is, um, you know, get out of bed. They're kind of fearful of the day, um, concerned around what their direction is. They've just fallen out of love with life. So it's people who who don't feel their best, who maybe feel they don't look their best, but are also just um, directionless. You know, they, they've lost their joie de vivre. Yeah. So I, I think there's a whole mixture of people that that might, you know, touch. Yeah. Um, so if any one of those things sounds sounds like you, then then this is the program that will make all the difference. So, Leona, if people want to find out more about the program, where can they reach out to you? Well, the first place is to join my Facebook group, um, Forever Young, and I, I, th I think I've shared the URL for that. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully that's something we can share. Uh, but also there will be a one-hour webinar. I haven't, I haven't launched it yet. It's going to be out in a couple of weeks. So if you join the Facebook group, then as soon as that webinar comes out, it's, it's 40 minutes to an hour explaining the full, you know, mind, body, soul approach that I'm going to be taking. And it will give you a much clearer understanding of, of what we can achieve. So that's coming soon. Good. Well, Leonie, I'm going to put all these links into the show notes. Um, as a final thought before you go, um, what is something that you would like what is something you would like your listeners to know <laughs> yeah see you asked me this earlier and i thought i'd come up with something really smart <laughs> the wisdom has been do you know what since, since we've been talking you know my my thoughts have changed about the message that i want to give and and i think the the big sorry my dog has now arrived just put me off as well the the big message um, throughout the whole program, it's um, it's along the lines of a George Bernard Shaw quote, and it's something I can't remember the exact quote, but it's effectively that we don't stop playing because we're old; we get old when we stop playing. Mm. And I I think for me that the attitude of playfulness, of light-heartedness, of you know, not worrying what the outcome is, but just surrendering to, you know, a bigger plan, surrendering to the universe. The idea of playing with life and just knowing that it's going to be okay. And actually, if you fall over, it doesn't matter. I'll just get back up. Yeah. To me, that's the, the essence that runs through the whole of my program. It's, it's realizing that you are perhaps wiser 
as a child. You lived in the moment. You were spontaneous. You didn't fear the future. You weren't carrying around baggage from the past. You were just living. And it's that playfulness that I want to reintroduce people to, to recapture their own vitality, because it's already there. People already have it. And I'm just opening the door. Mm, I love that, Leonie. That's a perfect place for us to end, I think, for today. As per usual, I've absolutely loved our chat. Um, I feel blessed that we get to chat like this. Um, it's, it's, I think that this is something that the listeners really need to hear. So, Leonie, thank you very much. And I will put all the links so people can get in touch with you, find out more about your program, which I have no doubt is going to be a fabulous success. Can't wait to see and follow that success. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, you know, there's, there's always some wonderful harmony that just, you know, it's inspired when the two of us get together. So it's been fabulous talking to you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Leonie. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I really did. I think we've discovered the mythical fountain of youth is something that's not very far out of our reach. Information about Leonie's Forever Young program, as well as ways to connect with Leonie, can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be well, be inspired, be you. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll share this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Jessie Lynn, please check out the contact page on her website, jessielynnmcdonald.com. Also, we'd be beyond grateful if you would leave us a review. Join us next time for another edition of the CPR of Life.